everybody. Welcome to Pivot and Thrive. This is your host, Kim Shea. I'm a certified retirement coach. It is Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. And by the time this airs, it'll be in January. And that's important because of some of the things that we're going to talk about today, they're a little bit more topical and change from day to day. And so I'm talking today to a friend of mine, Dawn Beers O'Brien, and she is basically a travel agent and she is an expert on a lot of different topics. She's got 20 years of experience in this business. She's a Hawaii specialist. And who wouldn't want to be that for crying out loud? She's a certified special needs accessibility advocate and a CLIA certified master cruise counselor, a certified travel associate. And she can talk about cruises, tours, Disney, which has wonderful vacations, destination travel. She's got all the information that we need. And we'll talk about COVID, what's going on with that. And specifically what we might need to know as we get older and we still want to travel. What can we do? What do we need to know? How can we be accommodated if we have special needs? So welcome, Dawn, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kim. Happy to be Thank here. Thank you. So tell us about you. Who are you? How'd you get into this? Okay. Um, well, it's been since 1996, so a little bit more than 20 years chronologically, but there were some breaks in between there for times I've moved and, and got married and things like that. Um, I started out in totally different industry. I went to school for fashion merchandising ah. and did not like that at all. Um, so I kind of got out of that quickly, reevaluated my life, um, did one of those quizzes. I said, what am I good at? <laughs> And it said, customer service, and what are your hobbies? I really like to travel. So they said, travel and customer service. So I looked into that, went back to college, got my travel certificate, and didn't even finish the classes before I got a job working as a reservationist for a, what they call it, a travel wholesaler, which is a company that sells the whole entire package to, to travel agents. Um, travel agent would call us up. We worked in a big call center. And we would put together a package of the air hotel transfers, excursions um, to certain destinations, and then they would present that to their clients, and then the clients would book it. Um, so I thought, wow, travel agent, what an easy job. I'm the one doing all the work. Yeah, so I thought. <laughs> um, fast forward 15 years later, uh, I became a travel agent myself, and then I found out that's not such an easy job <laughs> because – Calling one of those places is just one of many places you're calling, and you're putting together a lot of uh, different quotes to make sure you get the, bre- the best quote for your clients and make sure that they're best accommodated. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's how I did it. So I love it. It's been a lot of ups and downs in the industry, but uh, I'm still here, especially after last year. Yeah, that's one of the things I want to talk about because that's a big deal, of course, is COVID, and it impacts a lot of people yeah. and their travel plans got thrown out and then people are wondering, can they travel now? And so um, I'm sure that was hard to stay afloat during that time. A lot of businesses had a hard time, but I'm sure travel was really rough too. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, Last year, um, well, most travel agents, including myself, only work on commission and we only earn commission if our clients travel. Mm. So last year, yeah, we didn't get much income coming in last year, but made it through. Throughout the year, like some, when there are peaks and valleys in the COVID situation, some travel would come up, local destinations or within the country. People felt more comfortable traveling within the United States. So I had some bookings with that. Um, so that kind of kept me afloat and it gave me a lot of time actually to get certified with a lot of different 
cruise lines or mm. destinations or vendors that sell certain destinations. So I used the time wisely to become more educated so I could be a better um, salesperson and advocate for my clients. That's awesome. That's good. You made hay while yeah. the sun was shining. That's awesome. Or well, it, it yeah. wasn't shining though. That's the thing. It didn't feel like the sun was shining at <laughs> it's all. Okay. But um, yeah. so now, of course, we're talking in the end of October, but and this will air in January. But um, what I'm sure some of the things that are happening now are things that will still be continuing when we're when this airs in January. So we said in the conversation here just a minute ago that we were going to put in the show notes if anything had changed from the time that we recorded it in October. It's now January 17th. and But I want to have you have a chance to talk about it because there's stuff going on in the news right now, particularly in the cruise industry, that is getting a lot of attention. So uh, I'm going to have Don come in here. We'll interject this portion, and then we'll go back to the rest of the recorded pre-recorded podcast. What's going on, Don? Okay, so yeah, so a lot going on in the cruise industry. That is an understatement. Um, I travel quite a bit, and I can see from my experiences firsthand um, the differences of the protocol ex- that's um, practiced by different travel venues. Uh, I've been on cruises. I've been on two cruises. The recent one was over New Year's Eve, New Year's week. That was the most recent, and that was departed the day after um, the CDC said, do not travel on cruises or do not cruise even if you are vaccinated. So a lot of relatives contacted us and wondered why we were still going. And I said, because I feel completely comfortable because the cruise industry practices so much more safety protocol and they are so much more heavily regulated than any other industry in travel that I felt completely confident about still going. Um, I have been to... Walt Disney World in December. I've been to resorts in Mexico. I've been cruising in the last six months. And I can tell you that of all of those industries, the travel or the cruise industry has been the most stringent in making sure that, that clients and guests are safe, that their crew is safe. Um, the statistics show that uh, they have been sailing for about six months now and there have been a million sailors um, and in that amount of time, it's been a, a, a statistic of 0.162% oh, of funny. guests have tested positive. Yeah. And on land, you know, it's it's uh, 33% in some cities right now. So just the chances of getting it on a cruise ship really are much less than on shore. But because the cruise industry has to report their cases, um, and no other place does, resorts don't have to, well, Disney World mm. and theme parks do not have to. You know, it becomes a big story. And if you notice, if you look at the media, it's not the number of people on cruise ships are going to the hospital. It's just that the ports are not allowing them in because they're worried that they're going to bring COVID on shore because it's become a, a big story. And they because they've had to report their cases, they know how many are on, on the ships. Um, and that's been the big story. I mean, if there were ambulances pulling up to the cruise ships when they pull into port, that would be the story. But you haven't seen that. So they're really trying to be careful. I mean, everybody on ship is is vaccinated unless they're you know have a medical um exemption or their kids under a certain age they can't all the crew is tested multiple times a week and fully vaccinated so it really is safe to cruise but i feel like i'm getting defensive because it is my industry i am an advocate for travel and for cruising and i really kind of feel like they're being treated unfairly and it's even kind of ironic that last week at the height of everything that was happening um, and I don't give any, you know, I'm not trying to 
bash the CDC because they, they are a wonderful organization. But even at the height of everything that they're trying to warn people against cruising, they allowed the um, conditional sale order to expire. Now, that conditional sale order was something that the CDC had required certain protocol for cruise lines to meet in order to sail. They let that expire um, because they said, I'm going to quote from uh, the director, CDC director. Oh, gosh, where did that go? She said the decision was a direct response to how, according to Director Walensky, admitted that the cruise line had stepped up and went beyond the CDC's guidelines for safety protocol on board. So she allowed them to to um, expire that 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 uh, order by the CDC because they said that the cruise line cruise line industry had really gone above and beyond to and now they they are allowed to know kind of set their own policy on board. So I thought that was kind of telling. So I'm I'm hoping that you know. I don't want to tell anybody that to go cruise and, you know, nothing to worry about. It's really up to everyone's comfort level. Thank you. It's up to the comfort level, you know, and I feel comfortable. Um, and everybody kind of has to evaluate their own situation. So I really kind of want to get that out there because I, I feel like it's been a big, big story. And I don't know if it's warranted, frankly. You don't have to report cases on airlines. And for instance, at Walt Disney World, I was there in December and Although they don't require masks outdoors, um, they do require them indoors, just like cruise lines. Um, I was outside amongst thousands of people right next to each other. You know how, you know, you can't be in Disney World without being next to each other, watching fireworks. Everybody's within each other's space. And, you know, they don't have to report cases. So who knows, you know, what the situation is there. So it really was kind of ironic to me to see the differences of the different areas of that travel. That is industry. interesting. And I'm sorry about the blower in the background. But um, I want to ask you, just, just because I okay. want to understand, like I know some people are sharing stories about how if they do get COVID on the ship, they're not allowed to dock. They're trapped on the the cruise ship. Can you address that or what somebody would need to know regarding that possible scenario? Yeah. Well, first of all, that's showing that the protocol that they have been um, required to put in place is working. Um, so for instance, I think the one of the biggest stories I've seen lately is people complaining about the fact that they've been, um, maybe they booked a balcony cabin and they, they come down with a positive case. They're then put in the area of the ship that they have designated for those guests that test positive. And it's usually a lower level cabin that's indoors an inside cabin. Um, and so that's, that's the protocol at work. So they're complaining, but yet that is what they signed up for knowing that they're going under this time when they had to uh, adhere to the terms and conditions of their cruise. Um, that was one of the things that they could be moved to a specific area of the ship that was just for quarantine clients so that everybody else is kept safe. Um, as far as being kept on, on the ship, I haven't heard of being like any ships being delayed getting back. Um, but I do know that they have been, um, declined entry into ports. You know, that's, that's one thing that I've seen and, and, and ship itinerary being cut short because of that, because they figured we can't go into ABC ports and that was a whole itinerary. We'll just turn the turn the ship around and go back to port. So that's, that's one of the biggest stories. Okay. And so you raised the point that people would have known this if they read the terms and agreements before they got on there. They would know that these were all potential possibilities once they boarded the ship, if they were to get sick. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Right. As frustrating as that is to experience, that is yeah. part of the protocol. That's exactly yeah. what it was, what they agreed to in order to start sailing again, the cruise lines, 
what they set in place in order to start sailing again, and that was part of the terms and conditions that clients are required to, to agree to before they can even get their okay. travel documents. All right. All right. Well, thank yeah. you for giving us your feedback on this and what you're seeing. Your take on it's interesting, and uh, and then also letting us know that it sounds like the protocol is working as it was planned. So yeah. that's great. Yes. All right. Well, we'll go back to yeah. what we recorded earlier, and it sounds like everything there still applies, but we'll just go ahead and go back to the original recording. Wonderful. Okay. What are some other things that you would know that, I mean, see, the thing is everybody's got Google. It's so easy to go on there and right. just pull stuff up. So tell us what you can provide yeah. that, that other people might not know. Well, especially after COVID happened, um, it was quite obvious for people that had booked through an online travel agency, like say Expedia or, or, you know, gosh, I'm blanking now because I don't want to give anybody any credit. <laughs> um, but for people that book direct or book through an, a third-party resource, um, they were having to spend hours on the phone when something went wrong. And that is usually okay. the case anyway. You call and you have to spend hours on the phone while you're on vacation mm-hmm. trying to deal with a problem or something that happened. Um, I was available via email, text, phone call, 24 hours a day. You can reach your travel agent. I mean, I suggest you don't call your travel agent at three o'clock in the morning. But if you had an emergency, yeah, I was here. That's great. So that was one main thing, and that's one thing we, you know, people really discovered at the get go. Uh, another thing is we were there to take care of your cancellations. We were t- there to advocate for you to get your refunds, to fight for your future travel or cruise credits. Um, and that was a lot of work I did last year is taking care of the cancellations, but then trying to track down the refunds. The refunds took forever and people were getting quite frustrated. It, it was my job to then get on wow. the phone and make sure that I, you know, got all of their entire refund back and not just a portion. Um, so that's one of the things that we had to do last year. Um, travel agents also have really great, as far as outside of COVID, just in general, travel agents have a really great relationship with our vendors because we usually work with the same ones over and over again. So then they know we have buying power. So if something goes wrong, I can call and say, hi, this is Dawn from Willie Fun Cruise and Travel, Dream Vacations, and say, hi, um, I have done this much business with you this year. My client has had a problem. Um, help us out. And they'll be more apt to help me out because I've done so much business with them versus a client that has just booked once. Okay. They, you know, Not that they wouldn't help them, but I think we get a little bit more attention quicker, I believe. So yeah, that makes many, sense. many reasons. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. All right, yeah, so um, our group here that we're talking to, my you know, my listenership is is people who are older, people who are mm-hmm. getting ready to retire or already are retired, and so um, it, you know, you say you're a special needs accessibility advocate. So mm-hmm. if we have a client who's in a wheelchair or has um, you know can't sleep in a regular bed for whatever reason, I mean, how can you help people who have some limitations while they're traveling. Can they still take a cruise? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing that uh, I haven't mentioned yet, but I have been in a wheelchair for 36 years. And so I have a special knowledge of mobility challenges. Um, and with that comes, you know, experience through my needs of needing either special equipment or special accommodations while I'm on vacation. And so I uh, can offer that special knowledge to my clients that need such things. So if I have a client that needs a scooter while they're on a cruise, um, but they don't want to bring one with them because of issues with flying, for instance, I can have that scooter delivered to their room, their cabin on the ship, and it's then picked up 
at the end of their cruise. Um, if they need a special bed or sometimes people have a hard time getting out of bed or getting out of a chair, they have special chairs that will lift you up. You can order, I can order those and have those placed wherever they're staying Jeez. or going. Um, that's one thing too. Um, yeah. So that I just, uh, I'm aware of like, I have to have a conversation with the client, ask some sometimes personal questions to find out exactly what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like that my experience gives me confidence enough to ask those questions without embarrassment or awkwardness. It's just, you know, we all have our own needs. So I just want to know that people to know that I can make them feel comfortable and make them feel accommodated and that I can take care of these things for them. I have the resources to, to do those things. So there's many, everybody has special needs of some kind these days, mm-hmm. um, whether it's physical or what have you, um, even setting up like distilled water in their cabin on a ship for if they have a CPAP machine. So I've, I've had a variety of issues come up that I can accommodate. So yeah, it's a matter of knowledge and experience and having the vendors that know how to get the job done. Okay. That's really good to know because I have traveled with two people. One was in a wheelchair and the other one had pretty advanced multiple sclerosis and we didn't travel in either of those cases with travel agents. And I know the, the person with multiple sclerosis was my dad. We went to Ireland and my experience, this was a couple decades ago, but my experience is that Ireland was just not set up for somebody uh, who had special needs. And I mean, we got into some predicaments there that were really challenging. And, <laughs> and my dad thought it would be a good idea to go on a cave walk for a tour and we got stuck at some point in the cave, and he realized there was no way he could keep up with the rest of the tour. Oh, gosh. And I left him there and went running back to the entrance to see if somebody had a wheelchair. And all they had was this silly little wheelbarrow. I mean, I don't even know what this thing accommodated. Maybe bulbs. I don't know. It was such a tiny little thing. Oh, my God. And we put my dad in there with the help of a bunch of people, pushed him up. And, you know, there were really lovely people there in Ireland. But maybe a travel agent would have known if we went over our itinerary, like, <laughs> you don't want to go there. That's really not a good place to go. So <laughs> yeah, it would likely. help to have somebody who knew the lay of the land, I'm guessing. For sure. And not only that, if I don't know, I do have a thousand colleagues in my company okay. during vacations that I can, you know, resource out and say, Hey, who's done this and whatnot. So yes, it really helps to know. And sometimes it does take a village either in your case or in my case, you know, so. Just kind of depend on your your source of knowledge out there. Okay, that's good to know. That's really good to know how they can help people out. Um, yes. When people get older, a lot of times there's just one person at that point. They might be traveling solo. And I know some people like that. They like traveling by themselves. And other people, they yeah. don't travel just because of that. Is there anything out there for people where you can find them a group or something? Or do, do cruises ever have something? Or any tours have something that caters to single people? Yes. Um, more and more solo travels or travelers are becoming more prominent and feeling more, um, empowered to go out on their own. Nice. So yes, companies are starting to recognize that. Uh, so I know that they're, the cruise ships are slowly picking that up. Um, I know, for instance, Norwegian Cruise Lines has a specific category just for solo clients. Um, they have cabins that are, they put them all together. And they're just for one person per cabin and they keep them all in the same area so that, and they also have like a singles lounge so that all those people traveling solo can, you know, have a resource to hang out with other solo clients or guests if they want to. But then they also have the option of not, you know, but those cabins are dedicated just to solo clients. And why that's important is cruise ships in, in particular, um, have a policy that they charge 
for two people, whether there's two in the room or not. Oh. And so you end up, if you don't have that solo cabin like Norwegian has, you end up paying twice as much for your cabin. I see. On other, yeah, so that's it. Uh, river cruises and um, group tour companies are starting to offer a, a solo, a single supplement. Like sometimes they'll still charge you twice as much, but then a lot of times now they're starting to come out with promotions that'll give you a single supplement discount. Well, they'll mark it down so that it was only half the price. So those are things that I get emails about. And then I'm always quick. I have several clients of mine that are single travelers. So that I immediately send them mm. those em- emails to them to let them know like, hey, you were talking to me about doing a river cruise next year. They happen to have the promotion right now. So let's take advantage of that. So that's one thing that's, uh, I think is up and coming more so as river cruise companies, ocean cruise companies, um, resorts are starting to become aware of, you know, that that's a, uh, market out there to take, you know, to kind of cater to because a lot of times solo clients will have, um, they tend to like want to travel extravagantly too. So they want to have what they want, but they really don't feel like they should have to pay the double the price. Mm. So they will um, cater to those people with those promotions, I think. That's wonderful. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, uh, they get a lot of women who tend to outlive their husbands and then they're on their own. And Absolutely. And ATC's. on top of that, actually, should should expand on that. The group travel is another thing. So if they like to travel by themselves and want their own room, but still want to be around other people for kind of comfort or safety reasons... Um, there are a lot of escorted group tours out there that travel the world and it can be a small group of eight people up to 30 and they can oh. be, you know, have their own room at night so they can still have their privacy. But then if they want to have, you know, meet up with people for lunch or dinner or when they're not touring, they have that option too. So it kind of gives them both best of both worlds. So that's something I forgot to say, but yeah, I think that's another nice thing out there that, and they are also catering to the solo client by offering promotions with the, um, single supplement discounts at times. So, okay, yeah, something to keep in mind. Oh, that's fun. I, I'm not much of a traveler, but then I look at your website and I think, oh, you know, I would like to take a river cruise. I would love to go to Alaska. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you're talking about, well, something might come up next year. So um, if something like if I think four years from now, there's a vacation I'd like to take, is that too early to contact you? Or what, how, when should we contact you in advance if we want to go on a trip? Well, usually cruises are, and they're starting to get better about this, but right now I think they're, um, they have their, what they call deployment, which is their, their calendars open for the next two years through 2023. Okay. So, but if you came to me and say, Hey, Dawn, I'm looking at four years, I would probably make a note. Okay. On a calendar, because my calendar can, I can go forward in years and just put a note like six months before, um, 2000, like say in June of 2023, if you're interested in 24, I'd probably put a note then and say, okay, and contact you and say, okay, 24, uh, the calendars are out. So, you know, what time are you thinking about going? And then we can work it at that point. So I don't think it's ever too early. We can always make a note to, okay. you know, get back to ourselves later. Yeah. All right. Cause that sounds really fun. And, um, yeah. I, I, was looking when I first talked to you, um, just at like cruises and it seems like everything's booked. I mean, there's like nothing available right now. I'm sure it's a COVID rebound, but, or maybe that's normally Absolutely. like that. I don't know. I've never looked at a cruise. No, before. it's not. It's just everybody has future cruise credits from two years ago. Now it'll be two years by the time they can travel. Oh, I see. Okay. And they all expire in 2022 by the end of the year. So 2022, all the cruises are getting really booked really quickly. So there's not a lot of inventory right now because people are always trying to get 
you know, make sure they get their future cruise credits um, used by then. So, yeah, it's a little challenging for 22 already. All right. That makes sense. And have you been on all the different cruise lines? Do you know which ones Not are all. I'm, that's my goal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good I've been goal. on many. Um, I'm working on getting on the high-end ones. I've, I've been on, on the recognizable names, you know, Celebrity, Carnival, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian. I've been on all of those. It's the higher-end ones like the Crystals, the Seabornes, the Silver Seas. Those are the higher-end, uh, smaller. So I'm working on that. That's my goal to work on, seeing all of those as well. How fun. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun hobby. Good. And you seem like you travel a lot. Yeah. So, um, do. where do you, I mean, you, you, has Hawaii your favorite place because you're a Hawaii expert or? Yeah. Hawaii is, I would say one of my favorite places. Um, that's where I know the most and wherever I, whenever I get the opportunity to go there, just, it's just rejuvenates my love for it. Uh, just breathtaking. Um, I went on a Mediterranean cruise a couple of years ago, and I went to Italy for the first time. Mm. So I'd have to say that's a it's hard to say between yeah. Italy and Hawaii that they're both extremely beautiful and and charming. And so that's another one that I I love. But I would say those are the tops. That's pretty neat. That's neat. You've been to all those different places. Yeah, it's neat. Um, so can you have any stories from what you've done, like people that you've been able to? to help and make a difference with what you do? Yeah. Um, I, even though I am in a wheelchair, I haven't done a lot of wheelchair client travel. Um, it is challenging because everybody has different needs. Uh, but I did have a client this summer. It was a client that was a, um, a veteran, uh, army veteran. And he unfortunately had lost both his legs in the war in Afghanistan and so he's in a double amputee then in a wheelchair and he and his wife had never been on a honeymoon and it was their 10th anniversary oh, wow. and they always wanted to go to Hawaii. So now that he's fully rehabilitated, um, they finally wanted to get that dream going that they went to Hawaii. And this summer, Hawaii was kind of a challenge because everybody was going to Hawaii and it was um, limited capacity in a lot of the restaurants and the hotels and it was hard to get car rentals and things like that. But, you know, I wanted to make this dream happen for them. And it just took a lot. It was a lot of work just trying to, all the aspects um, were affected by his being in the wheelchair, like getting on the plane. Um, I wanted, and they had very limited experience traveling too. So instructing them how to get on the plane, how to make sure your chair, your wheelchair is is tagged properly so that it is there waiting for you when you arrive okay. in your destination. Um, making sure when they got to Hawaii that the car rental that they had was set up for hand controls because he doesn't have legs to use the hand, the feet. So it's something they had to set up as hand controls. Mm. And that took some finagling to get that done. And then getting to the hotel and make sure that hotel had the wheelchair accessible room ready for them in the right category that they want. Um, making sure all the restaurants knew that he was in a wheelchair to make sure they set him in a, you know, a wheelchair accessible table, things like that. So it's, you know, something that people sometimes don't even think about all the different things. Yeah, um, I'm amazed. Yeah. Even trying to set up tours for him. Um, some tours would say, no, they can't accommodate him. And I'd say, I'm sorry. <laughs> there are laws about that. So I'd have to be his advocate and oh, make sure that they could accommodate for okay. him. So, so that's a lot of it too, just being an advocate for people. Um, so that's the one that comes to mind the most. Yeah, but I'm sure there's many in my my head, but it's just different requests that I've had throughout the years or things for special needs and things like that. It just it just takes time to make sure that you contact the right people and you get 
a confident answer and a confirmation of that answer um, to make sure that there are no surprises when they arrive, because that is not good for anybody. No, it puts a damper on things for sure. So mm-hmm. we've all been there, but um, but that's neat. I didn't I didn't realize all those things you could do. I didn't realize you could get the hand control set up for somebody. And um, and to, if you've never traveled by plane before with a wheelchair, it's a different experience getting on the plane. And so that's neat. And I never knew myself how to say to tag a wheelchair. So you are a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess if you are looking to travel and and sounds like you are, you know, little nervous about it, um I'm I have had safety training. We had a specialized safety training program through my my company. My my company name is Willie Fun Cruise and Travel, but it's a franchise of a of a brand named Dream Vacations. And they are our headquarters as far as offering us marketing and education and training in all aspects. So they had a specialized safety training this year that you had to get certified in. And that taught me to know about all different aspects, although they're changing. And by the time this, this airs may be totally yeah. different. It's hard to say. I'm here to like answer all questions for what's going on at, at the time of your travel and people that are nervous about traveling. I'm, I'm able to provide information that may change their mind. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's getting better as far as traveling. And a lot of places I've gone, I've been to Hawaii and Mexico. Um, they're doing a great job. I actually feel safer when I've been really? in these destinations, believe it or not, because I can see all the hands-on work they're doing to make sure that we are, we feel safe and that, um, yeah, their, their protocols are very stringent. And I'm going on a cruise in a couple of weeks and just signing up for that, checking in for the cruise. Um, you have to upload your vaccination card. You have to upload your two days before I have to upload my COVID, my negative, hopefully, test at that point. So I think if people are nervous about traveling right now, um, I think I can help them ease their fears and through providing information. So I think that's important. At this okay. Time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I would definitely have some concerns if I were taking a trip right now to just to make sure we'd all be safe because I just think that would stink to get some wear and get sick on a cruise ship or something like that. And then you're stuck in another country and it would be rough. So yeah, I'm glad you have all that information just to spell your name. It's Dawn D A W N beers as in, you know, crack one open B E E R S and (laughs) O'Brien O B R I E N. And the name of your website is book it Dono. B-O-O-K-I-T-D-A-W-N-O.com, which is really cute, kind of a plan, Hawaii 5-0, com, And um, you also have an email address where people can reach you, and it is D-B-O-Brian, again, that Brian is B-R-I-E-N, at dreamvacations.com. And all of these links will be directly in the show notes, so you can just click down below and contact her that way, too. But Dawn, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and helping us to understand traveling when we're older and that it can be just as wonderful as it ever was. So sure can. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of pivot and thrive. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you know anybody who you think would be a great subject for this podcast, please have them contact me. They can go to my website, retirement purpose coach, Dot com And at the bottom of that front page, there is a contact section and they can just reach me right there. I'd love to hear from them. I am a certified retirement coach. So if you need any help from me with your retirement so that you have your own success story, you can contact me there as well.
I'd like to thank Bokua and Wizzy2k for the use of their song, Will You Stay With Me? I have the link to that song in the show notes. Have an excellent rest of your day, whatever it is that you're doing. I hope it's purposeful. You'll enjoy your life so much better if that's your focus. Bye for now.